The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth and recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you all for listening with us today. We're very glad that you're joining us. And thank you also for uh, sending in your emails and posting on our Facebook wall there, the Spirit of Recovery wall on Facebook. We're always glad to hear from you. We're glad that you're letting people know about the Spirit of Recovery. It's exciting to uh, see our audience growing and uh, see that what we're doing is touching your heart and opening your mind. We always have great guests. There are people that have uh, practical information about the recovery process. There are people that either are in recovery themselves or that work with recovering people or write for recovering people or sometimes all the above. And um, we are knowing from what you're telling us that the topics that we're talking about are making a difference for you. And uh, we're so glad uh, to know about that. The Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. We know that uh, recovery has a lot of different aspects to it. And so if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you're a family member that's in your own recovery as a family member, or you're a family member or friend with somebody that's got the disease of addiction and you're looking for information, or if you're simply interested, curious about the process of recovery, We are so glad that you're listening with us, and we welcome you, and we welcome your participation. We want you to know also that here on Unity Online Radio that you have a lot of options for listening to Spirit of Recovery and the other really great programs on all aspects of spirituality that are broadcast here on Unity Online Radio that you can um, listen on your mobile listening device. Obviously, you can listen through your computer. You can download um, archives anytime by going to www.unity.fm and to the page of the program. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and a recovery counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship uh, lots of people that have the disease of addiction, some in recovery, some not. Uh, 31 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery of spiritual development. And um, since then, my walk has been an integration of unity and recovery principles. And it's kept me growing and uh, kept my life rich and vibrant. So again, I'm very grateful, very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you about recovery and spirituality and to hear what you're experiencing in your walk. Today, our topic is when the problem just won't go away. And our guest is uh, Dr. Leslie Ehlers. Dr. Ehlers is the medical director of the River Ridge Treatment Center in the greater Minneapolis area. Today, we're going to be talking about the idea of spiritual health and how it's such a vital component of mental and physical health. We're going to be talking about what it is that can sometimes get us stuck in the re, uh, when we're trying to get full recovery, and sometimes it seems like 
uh, thing, we just keep swirling around in the same old problems. It's possible that there's some things um, that are happening with us emotionally, some things that are happening with us spiritually uh, that uh, we can maybe address that can be keys to moving those blocks. So we're, again, grateful to have Dr. Ehlers. As I said, she's the medical director at River Ridge Treatment Center. She also is uh, board certified in family medicine and in hospice and palliative care. So she has had a lot of experience in dealing with people that are looking at serious issues, at end-of-life issues, at uh, chronic pain issues. She's also found that, uh, that she enjoys being a wellness consultant. And so Dr. Ehlers has found a way to combine her uh, medical practice with a wellness practice. And she's going to be sharing that with us today and how that impacts her work um, in an addiction treatment center and how that she blends those together. So Dr. Ehlers, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Thank you. We're very glad that you're with us today. So, glad to be with you. Good. So, uh, again, you have had a lot of experience with people facing very serious health challenges. Mm-hmm. What have you uh, found out about uh, what's the main emotion that people facing those challenges are feeling? What are they dealing with? Mm, yeah, primarily, I'd have to say fear. Mm-hmm. In many, many of the cases, there's, I think it's even just part of our human condition, you know, there's a basic insecurity about us. And whenever we're ill, in whatever way it is, there's a lot of fear there about what that's going to do to the person in their life and their relationships and the things that are important to them. Fear mm-hmm. of loss, fear of um, of not obtaining the goals that they hope for, their dreams and, and aspirations. So it's oftentimes helping people recognize that and, and helping them overcome it so that they still can can have a meaningful life. Right. And you, uh, one of the things that you have done in those situations that's uh, been helpful is to explain to them some of what, what their issues are, the medical issues that can mm-hmm. be really overwhelming for people. Right. Yeah, oftentimes it really is information that helps clear some of that fear and um, provides them probably the information that they need to make the right decisions for themselves. You know, oftentimes they may ask us as providers what we would do. And although we may, you know, have our opinion of that, it really is best made by the individual. And yet they feel so unable to do that until they have that information. So it's part of the reason I'd gotten into this area of work was I found myself doing more explaining than anything of what uh, what a person how how a person could understand what they were experiencing in their bodies and their lives, and the results of the different tests they were having or evaluations or uh, professional you know specialty opinions they were getting, and how to bring that all together and um, and find some direction for themselves on okay now what do I do with it and how do I now achieve my goals in light of all this information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That um, I know that when people are in, obviously, these serious situations, a lot of times they experience uh, chronic pain or, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe feel pain that's, they, at least probably the prediction is that it's never going to go away. Right, How do you right. approach that with them? Yeah, well, it's, it's a, what do I want to say, it's a new and emerging area in medicine, honestly, that even a lot of us as physicians don't fully understand. Um, it's, it's, very challenging, not only when someone comes in with a very acute pain, which is going to happen for all of us from time to time, but particularly when somebody struggles with chronic pain, it becomes a very different uh, entity, a very uh, challenging thing to treat. And what we're finding, the, the, the pain specialists that, uh, that I basically train with and, and our colleagues of mine, we're finding that it's different physiologically too in the body. There are different mechanisms that are going on when someone has a chronic pain condition versus something that's happened acutely like, you know, a sprained ankle or, um, you know, a a cut or a fracture, something like that, much more straightforward, well-defined, and usually easier to treat, honestly. So uh, being able to explain that to patients as well as to some physicians can at least take, again, some of that fear aspect of the unknown of why isn't it going away, why isn't it responding as I would hope, um, and what does this mean? Is it going to get worse? Is this going to, again, compromise me further so I can't live the life I want to live? So it really helps open the doors to those um, bigger issues um, and allows the person to start addressing those in a more uh, effective way. 
What have you, you obviously um, are now involved in addiction medicine as well. What got you interested in uh, that? Yeah, yeah, actually in primary care when I was uh, in private practice, um, it, was, it was so frequent a problem and yet I really didn't feel I had the training or the resources available to give them what they needed to actually find the help that they needed. And so um, I think providentially even as uh, my husband and I relocated up to the Twin Cities area, I ended up taking a position in an inpatient chemical dependency uh, unit to to actively manage withdrawal symptoms, um, induction onto methadone or uh, suboxone. And it it definitely gave me the additional training and experience that I felt I needed, as well as the resources to provide for the clients and the patients of of, um, dealing with acute addiction and acute withdrawal, as well as then starting to deal with some of the other issues that obviously are going to become involved, the the social implications, financial, medical, physiological, emotional, and psychological. So it really was a wonderful environment to start bringing all those pieces together and recognizing how common it is for an individual to have all the above as problems at the same time and then feel very lost and um, not, not finding effective treatments because they're not recognizing all the different components of what the problem is. So it, right. it would help to, to sit and, and listen to this and be able to reflect back to them and help them see the complexity of, of their situation, that it wasn't just you know, a, a pain. It wasn't just even an addiction. There were, you know, social, emotional, psychological, and spiritual. There was often a spiritual component that was affected or for them, maybe even at the root of what they were struggling with, but um, not knowing where to go with it or, again, fear of how do I deal with it? Even if I find what the problem is, do I know where to go? Um, and do I know how to address it in a way that doesn't leave me alone and feeling overwhelmed? And so oftentimes identify, helping them identify the issue as well as helping them find um, some resource for them to, to then turn to to get the help that they are feeling they need um, at that time. So the, a lot, there's a lot of commonality then between people that are in these chronic conditions that are facing end-of-life issues as people that are facing addiction issues. Mm-hmm. Oh, clearly. Yeah, it's it, one of the things that I brought away and used to tell to my patients, particularly those who had, you know, gone through our unit and um, then relapsed and came back and were ashamed or embarrassed or, you know, very angry with themselves, feeling guilty. I used to try to reassure them and say, look, this is common to all people. Honestly, it's, it's human nature to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And when it gets to an extreme, it's an addiction. <laughs> and most of us have difficulty facing certain areas of life and will turn towards other areas that we enjoy more. And when it gets out to the point where it's becoming, uh, what do I want to say, an obstacle to, to wellness, to overall functioning and, and integrity, then it can be labeled. You know, then you can say this is an addiction. This is a maladaptive behavior. And we all have them to some degree. And some are more apparent than others. Some are more socially acceptable than others. So to allow, again, the fear of, of the stigma to, to peel that away and say, you know, this is common to all men kind. Um, So let's get past that and start seeing, helping you um, see the components of your problem and it won't be insurmountable. What has been effective in the work that you've done in helping people that are in addiction treatment to see that complexity to get past some of that shame and stigma? Yeah, yeah, I think think a lot of it comes down to really just what you mentioned is the shame of it. Once a person can be heard and um, I don't know if I want to call it educated or coached, counseled, um, to accept it as a normal part of being human. It's not that you're a bad person. It's not that you're defective. It's not that you've ruined yourself or whomever has had their effect on you and your life is ruined. It's that we all experience these things and they are overcomeable. You can heal, you can grow, you do recover if you have, you know, the right um, resources, if you have the right connections, if you have the right support. And a lot of that then would go to the level of the spiritual. We talk about social supports and in many cases, I would say many people in society today feel very disconnected. 
and don't have a very solid support system to begin with. So it's not uncommon that people that end up either with addictions or chronic pain syndromes or even end of life, I, I see this quite a bit, where people are struggling to find a supportive network of people to give help provide the care. Um, so you often have to help the person go inside <laughs> internally and say, well, if I'm not going to find it in society or if I don't have it in the natural um, relationships that I have to this point, where else can I turn? And there's always the spiritual element. And honestly, my personal belief is I think to some degree, you know, God allows many of these pieces to be shaken in essence so that we recognize that. You know, he's always there. He's always going to be the one to provide the greatest support and provide the resources that we need to find the healing and the recovery. The other thing that would... Go ahead. I was just going to say, one of the things that, would, that I, I think I learned when I was treating patients on the chemical dependency unit, too, I began to learn that there were common elements that when, whether this was a relapse or a first time or whatever it was, to ask the patient, what is it for you? Why do you think you're here now? What, um, what problem brought you here? And nine times out of ten, they would say, I either wasn't connected to a support network and or my spirituality is off track. And it just fascinated me that those were the most common elements. And for some people it was, well, I'm not going to my groups or I, I haven't called my sponsor. But beyond that, there's always the personal connection and then there's the spiritual connection that uh, are providing people this, the strength that they need for recovery. Or if they're not connected to those pieces, they falter. They're, they're you know, finding rock bottom. They're not finding the strength to, um, to make healthy choices. And so, to me, that was somewhat of a personal study of my own, anecdotally, that that was so frequently uh, the common cause for all these individuals. So, so I bring that up frequently to patients now, even with just chronic pain or end-of-life conditions, not even just addictions. I think it's just common to mankind. You know, it's, it's a human, a human um, need. It's part of our makeup. And if those pieces aren't healthy and strong, we are struggling in whatever way it is. So I try to at least begin the conversation so people know you're not unusual <laughs> and it's, it is uh, something that you can make some healthy choices about and, and it, it, you can grow in these, in these areas. God is always there for you. God is always uh, just a prayer away, so to speak, waiting for us, constantly courting us, waiting for us to uh, turn to him and want him um, more, more, uh, a more dynamic relationship with him and his ability to show us how much he loves us and cares for us and is involved if we'll let him. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that people tell you about, about how they are experience being disconnected from God or their higher power or their spirituality? Yeah. What's that like for them? Yeah, oftentimes it's, it's a feeling of loneliness. It's a feeling of alienation. Um, they just feel, they'll say, I don't feel I have anyone I can turn to right now. Or they'll say, you know, I have a good friend, um, but I talk to that friend about these certain areas and I'm not sure I can share about this other uh, very vulnerable area of my life that I'm feeling very vulnerable about. And so it, it becomes apparent that uh, we often have many relationships, but not many that go to the depth of what a person will need when they're struggling to that degree. Um, and some would argue, I, I start to wonder myself, if, it, if it's rare. You know, it is rare that, that I think we find um, that kind of friendship that goes so deep that you really have um, the ability to turn to a person fairly consistently with needs that run as deep as, as your spirit and your soul. And again, I think that's by nature. I, they always say, you know, we're, we're created with a God-shaped hole that we keep trying to put things into. And until we recognize we're only going to get that need met in our relationship with God. So we, you know, life brings us circumstances and we get our needs met in lots of different ways. But Thank you. We it's find... time for our break. Hold that thought. Thank you, Dr. Anders. Okay. We'll be right back in just a moment. Stay with us, listeners. Okay. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. 
If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed? and there's no other door in sight. In her book, Ask Yourself This, Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually, can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us. For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell, read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org. From on the air to on the sea, pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand, a little less stress and a lot more pain. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less do and a lot more be. You're listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is when the problem just won't go away. And my guest is Dr. Leslie Ehlers. Dr. Ehlers is the medical director at River Ridge Treatment Center in the greater Minneapolis area. She also is board certified in family medicine and in hospice and palliative care. So she is very experienced in supporting people in dealing with uh, serious issues with chronic pain, with end-of-life issues, and with addiction Also, she is a wellness practitioner, a wellness consultant, and she uh, combines her medical practice with the art of wellness and invites people into spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical wholeness. But before we get back to our conversation with Dr. Ehlers, I invite you to join me for a moment in focusing on a constructive idea in our Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax, to allow your mind to open, and share with me this thought. I open the door to my higher power's love. I open the door to my higher power's love. Thank you for joining me in the Serenity Minute, and I trust that that was refreshing to you and 
gave you an idea that you can carry into the rest of your day. So now we're back with my guest, Dr. Leslie Ehlers, talking about when the problem just won't go away. So, Dr. Ehlers, before the break, we were talking about the idea of the importance of relationships, both with other people, relationship with God or higher power, and how that makes such a difference. How do you see relationships in both of those areas affecting people's well-being? Oh, gosh, so intensely and and consistently. Um, How do I want to say? We were created for relationships, you know. We're we're born to people, to live with people, and (laughs) even, you know, scripturally, many of the the healings that Jesus did were to to return people to community. And uh, what I see medically, you know, in, in patients often are fractured relationships, whether it's, uh, you know, family of origin, uh, current relationships, friendships, marriages with children, etc. And it can uh, be such a major stressor and affect everything. I mean, it, it really can be a physiologic burden, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual burden. Um, and the necessity of being able to find healthy relationships to that person finding wholeness and wellness um, as well as, as you mentioned, you know, spiritually and with God, oftentimes, too, these, these individuals, be, often because of the broken relationships with the people in their lives, have uh, problems with trust, you know, and, and many of those um, broken relationships then project onto their relationship with God or their higher power. So it makes it difficult for them to reach out or to be accepting, and I, I loved your meditation because I, I found that often it really is that lack of openness to, you know, the love of God or their higher power that keeps them from being able to be healed. And um, oftentimes have, have had clients share with me that it really has been their ability to uh, open themselves and allow uh, spiritually uh, healing that they've been able to then receive the other kinds of healing as well because they are all connected. Right. What's, what have you seen helps people to open up to their higher power when they do have that distrust? Well, you know, I, I think professional help, if it's a very significant, you know, fractured relationship from the past, particularly with a parent, um, that way, you know, the real issues are addressed. It's not something that will just go away with time. You know, many people I've found are being told, you know, this is in the past, leave it in the past, don't keep digging it up. Um, however, what we're finding and what I've really loved about River Ridge and, and the treatment that is offered there, they, they address it when the client is there. They recognize that this is, this is an injury to the person that, that has to be helped to heal if they're going to find re- recovery and if they're going to find emotional and uh, overall wellness. So it's really important to find uh, a therapist that the individual can trust and feels they have a good relationship that they can be vulnerable with. And it, it is, I want to say, it's, it's an exercise in self-discipline. You, you have to make the choice to go. Nobody can make you. <laughs> and so um, making that choice and, and sometimes trying more than one provider because you won't always hit it off with the first one. Um, but continuing to seek uh, somebody who can help you professionally. And I, I would say even before that, you really have to be able to reach out to God and your higher power to say, lead me. You know, God knows what you need, and he knows who can help you. And uh, there's no reason to leave that important resource, if I want to put it that way, um, behind. That really should be first, putting time with God first, opening your heart and giving the time and space and silence to be able to feel where you're being led. And, and asking, you know, lead me to the right provider. Lead me to the right relationships help me face these things, help me to heal. Um, he wants all those things for us as well. Um, he just wants us to include him and, and take that first step of, of uh, turning to him first and trusting that he will help us. Right. Some people have said, uh, go to God first and then to humans as God directs. I like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd agree. I'd agree. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I know. And, and he will. Mm-hmm. He does, yes. And one of the things that I... Uh, you know, I believe that you're referencing here when you're talking about maybe that deeper healing or seeking providers is trauma. And I know, as you mentioned, that at River Ridge, uh, they do have a trauma-aware component mm-hmm. of, of addiction treatment, and you yourself uh, do work with that in some ways. Tell yeah. us about that. How does trauma affect people that 
are addicted or in recovery, and what can they do about it, and how's, what's the yeah. spiritual component of that? Well, what we're finding is it's almost a, a newer uh, concept of post-traumatic stress disorder. Even the, the term we often used to call borderline personality, we're finding oftentimes is what they'll call complex PTSD, where the individual has had you know, a very uh, broken and abusive relationship or experience uh, early in life or at some point in their life. And then the choices that they're making after that are a result of that fear and that damage that's been done, the wound that's, that's not healed, honestly. And as you, as, as myself, as I've learned more about this and I, I listen to patients' stories, I hear those elements and it, it really does make it make sense. The story makes sense, the, the, the problems they've been dealing with emotionally or even physically sometimes, it makes sense it, it, as you understand what the original injury was. However, the individual doesn't recognize it. I mean, we are, we're gifted enough that we are able to block things and deny things and not even remember them many times. Um, so we have built-in defense mechanisms to protect ourselves for survival purposes. And so we may not even know the reason why you know, we are we, the way we are or where something began. And working with families sometimes helps, helps with that. Or for myself, obviously, in a medical setting, there are records that I can uh, look back at and try to help put the pieces together. And as I do that and as I talk with the patient, um, it often helps free them to consider those factors that they'd never considered. They've often, again, been either told or told themselves, keep it in the past, don't dig it up, it'll only hurt you or somebody else, it does nobody any good, when the truth is it, it's the fulcrum, it's the focal point of where things have started and what they're generating from. And the pain they're still experiencing, even if the mind doesn't remember, many times the body remembers. And I've had patients who have bodily symptoms related to an emotional trauma. And they, they don't see the connection. Many times it's not um, uh, validated, I'll say is the best way to put it, for other people for them to turn to. And they're not getting um, feedback from those they trust, whether it's family or even the medical community or spiritually, to say, you know what, these are connected. This, is, this was something that hurt you and needs to be honored, validated, and now helped to heal and to recognize that it is going to then extend into other areas of their lives that they may not have even considered or other people have told them, no, you know, these are separate, don't even bring that up. You know, I've had some patients even tell me their, their physician, has, a physician has told them, don't even bring that other thing up. That's just complicating things that has nothing to do with it when honestly it really is at the core of much of their distress and the obstacle to their getting the help they need. You know, that uh, reminds me of spiritual healing that uh, in, in whatever form, I mean, we can take that as, you know, spiritual healing can mean in, in sort of the more, I guess, dramatic form of somebody being prayed over and immediately having a, a cure or maybe just a slower form or a much less dramatic form of, of over time, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somebody's life getting uh, better. But but this mm-hmm. this is related to that because the spiritual, because we do know that through prayer and through emotional healing and spiritual healing, a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times physical symptoms will go away. It's true. How do you, yes. how do you explain that? Yeah, yeah. It's in uh, the more simplistic way to describe is it's, it's kind of like a, we call it a pain threshold that you'll notice that, you know, if you're in a really good mood, you're having the best day of your life, it's a sunny, beautiful day like it is today, you stub your toe, you keep going. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you kind of sit down and go, oh, my toe is throbbing. Gosh, oh, that's right. I stubbed my toe, didn't I? You know, but if you're, you know, in a bad mood and you've had a fight with somebody and you didn't eat well, you didn't sleep well, and you stub your toe, you know, you may be in the emergency room all day arguing with people for more pain meds because you just can't feel better because it's more than just your toe. <laughs> and so um, as, as what, I, what I try to help people do is recognize that pain is, is multifactorial. It's not just a physiologic process. There's an emotional component. There is a spiritual component. There's a physiological component. And so as hard as that is, um, helping people recognize those pieces because then they do have some control. They have choices. And that's often where people get held up because oftentimes we don't want to be responsible for for some of these things. We don't want to, to admit, hey, I could 
I could make a choice about my attitude right now. I could make a choice about, you know, getting uh, more rest, not staying up late, um, eating better food. Um, there are things that I can do that will actually improve my pain threshold and my life overall, my wellness. And again, that's a human battle of our of every one of us of self-discipline and making good choices and and the fruit that that comes as a result of our choices. So many times. I explain it as that. It's a threshold. So how can we look at the pieces that are going to improve that person's pain threshold so that even if they have a chronic condition, it's not going to put an end to their dreams and, and be an obstacle to them accomplishing the things that are important to them? Because it shouldn't. It doesn't have to. Right. You know, uh, in a deeper way of looking at that, in terms of the relapse issue, uh, some people say that uh, that at least perhaps one aspect of what uh, pushes people into relapse is unresolved trauma. What do you think about that? I, I believe that's true. Yeah, I, I have um, worked with some clients, uh, particularly at River Ridge, where that was the case. And um, it's, again, some of it is unconscious. Some of it is just a, a, a distress. It's an anguish that the person is experiencing. And again, they're not sure what it's from, but they know how to make it go away. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's a conversation to be able to say, okay, what is the cause of this distress? Can, you know, my role is often, can I uh, reassure you that there's nothing physically going on in your body that you need to fear, need some kind of a treatment, or else could cause more problems or even you know, grave illness or death? If we can rule that piece out, let's start looking at the other pieces. What else could be causing this discomfort, this distress? And as you take the pieces, you know, you often can find that they, they'll tell you um, what what is behind it, honestly. It, it isn't quick and easy. I'll tell you, it's usually about an hour to an hour and a half conversation. But um, the elements are there. And whether the person has allowed themselves to see it, it often is the issue because Either they've been, again, as they bring it up and are told by others that has nothing to do with it or they're ignored or they're told not to discuss it, they themselves discount it. And even though it keeps coming up, they keep bringing it up and there's something in their gut that tells them, yes, this is part of it, they're not sure what to do with it. And the people they bring it to aren't sure what to do with it. And so they do feel overwhelmed and maybe even more distressed because they know what they feel and nobody's giving them a good answer or helping them find solutions. So it can be very um, disconcerting and, and cause even more uh, complaints, symptoms, as you want to say. Um, so often for myself, it's, it's at least acknowledging those pieces and then reassuring them. There, there are people that you can see that can help with that. There are ways that this can be treated. And particularly at River Ridge, it's wonderful. They've got therapists there who do EMDR, which is um, not new, but uh, is gaining in popularity now recently and really has been able to benefit many folks who have experienced a trauma um, without having to go through, you know, the psychoanalysis that sometimes can be very lengthy, expensive, and sometimes re-traumatize them by having to relive this horrible thing, whatever it is. So there are, there are options that are available and accessible here in the Twin Cities, quite a few providers for that kind of a, a therapeutic model. But it, oftentimes, too generally, I'll just advise a patient you need to have a therapist who specializes in trauma. Not all therapists do. You know, we take for granted that the helping profession, you can go to any one of us and we all have the same basket of services, so to speak, and it's just not the case. Not everybody has the training, not everybody even has the comfort level. So, um, but there are those out there who do, who specialize in it, are very good at it, have uh, lots of experience with it. So there's no reason not to search, you know, to Google it and find specifically um, the provider that you need, because they are there. They're, they're available to you. What have you seen happen to people uh, in their recovery or in their general quality of life who do get some trauma resolved? Oh, it's, it's really an amazing process that um, I want to describe, because it, it's not a specific thing. Every individual, it's very different in the ways that it frees that person to, to be themselves, honestly. Um, oftentimes we'll see the clients are they're either depressed or they're low energy or they're timid or you can tell there's, there's something that, that holds them back. And once they've been able to start addressing these things, they start building the relationships, say, in, in the treatment center or in their, their, their support groups, 
Um, they start getting treatment for their trauma. Maybe it's even a medication. You know, maybe they have a serotonin imbalance. Nutritionally, they start eating better. They're sleeping better. It's just amazing the way uh, the individuals come to life. They really start enjoying life. They enjoy themselves. They're learning more about themselves and um, starting to see more of the options that they have and an ability to make the good choices so that they do actually start living their dreams and feeling that they can accomplish their dreams and goals. So it's really an exciting thing. Is there a physiological component to trauma? I mean, is there a way that when a person's been even emotionally traumatized uh, that there's any, something different about their physiology or not? Yeah, you know, they're, they're again, another emerging area of medicine that um, uh, Dr. Bessel van der Kolk has been doing, involved in a lot of research about is they're doing more brain scans. The more, you know, our technology advances, the more we're able to see internally. And a number of different things come to mind of, of the different providers that I've, I've read about recently, just not in depth, I'm, I'm no expert, but um, clearly there's an adrenaline response, you know. Um, there is a... Uh, a reflex, the fight-or-flight response in the body, as well as a physical um, instinct to go into the fetal position. So we tend to, you know, to cower in, pull in our arms, our legs, to, you know, flex and pull in the stomach. And what they're finding is that people who have had especially repeated trauma, but even sometimes in a single instance, where that is their, that is their default internally and they don't even recognize it. So they're well, how, Hang on to that. It's, it's time for a break, but that's as great. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay. Stay with us, listeners. What I desire for myself, I desire for all beings. There is only one presence and one power at work in the universe. As I align myself with this truth, I set in motion ripples of peace, harmony, and abundance throughout the world. In a quiet time of prayer, I center my thoughts on the perfect peace within me. There is no lack, no separation, only the wholeness of peace. I affirm aloud, I am peace. You are peace. We are peace. I rest for a moment, feeling my heart expand as peace radiates from me. I envision a world in which all beings live in harmony, free from lack free from violence, and at peace. One by one, each of us creates this peace for all. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Reverend Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. 
glad you're listening with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is When the Problem Just Won't Go Away. And our guest is Dr. Leslie Ehlers. She's the medical director at the River Ridge Addiction Treatment Center in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. She also has an extensive background in hospice and palliative care in addressing end-of-life and chronic pain issues. And she also is a wellness consultant and has a deep spirituality and certainly integrates all those together. So, Dr. Ehlers, before the break there, we were talking about trauma and the physiology of it. You were telling us about the work of uh, Bessel van der Kolk and uh, brain scans and so forth. So, tell us some more about that. How does trauma affect the brain and what can we do about it? Well, what they're finding now is is the uh, study that uh, Dr. van der Kolk references, they've been able to put uh, individuals into a PET scanner, a brain scanner basically, that can see the metabolic activity. And in individuals who have been traumatized, they see less spontaneous movement from the right to the left, which a normal brain would make. As they see the, the normal brain in the PET scan, we frequently are uh, accessing things on you know, various areas of our brains very freely. And uh, what they're noticing now in, in the traumatized patients, even if they're not experiencing trauma at the time, uh, trauma from the past, they do see a limitation in the amount of spontaneous movement and flexibility that they have to go to all the different areas of the brain. So they are seeing that there is a freeze uh, component to trauma is what they describe. I was describing the physical aspect of that in the fetal position that there are um, practitioners of TRE, T-R-E, where there are exercises that will help the individual release some of that tension that can build up and cause you know, either abdominal problems, back problems, respiratory, any of that. But this other with the, the brain freeze component where we actually are having to, the brain compartmentalizes a trauma just for survival purposes, it also inadvertently cuts it off from normal processing and, and resolution mechanisms. So as I mentioned earlier about EMDR, what they're finding is by using eye movements, and, and what that acronym stands for is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. So essentially, they have an individual uh, moving their eyes back and forth, and as they're doing so, that automatically causes the brain to be utilizing both sides you know, of the brain. So you're freely accessing all the different areas of your brain in a very non-threatening way. And by doing some degree of reflection on whatever the trauma is, it allows that frozen area of the brain to start to reconnect with the normal reprocessing and flexibility that the brain needs in order to resolve it. And they do so fairly spontaneously, which is just amazing and wonderful. Right. If people wanted to know more about EMDR, they can just Google it, right? EMDR. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably there find are, a lot. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. I've, especially even in here in the Twin Cities, there are dozens of therapists that when I Google it, you know, every location and demographic of a provider, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And what about the TRE? Could people find out about that as well if they were curious? Just to, yes. To oh, yes. That's that. online as well. What does well. that stand for? What does that you know, stand I'm not for? sure. I, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's basically, but it's, it's a way to uh, stretch and to some degree exhaust the muscles so that as you start to relax, I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you'll just start to tremor. Naturally, a muscle will start to tremor a bit. And what they're finding is that we hold so much tension in the body that when we get to a point of relaxation when we're already exhausted, we may actually just shake. And although we tend to try to stop such things, you know, we're not always comfortable with that, it actually is trying to encourage people to allow it to happen because it's a natural process of the body resolving stored tension and stored trauma. We see this actually, uh, Dr. Peter Levine writes about this quite a bit when he talks about uh, when he's been doing movement therapies with patients who have been traumatized, he'll see a patient start to move their body even if they're just talking about something that's distressing. And by helping encourage them to follow through on those movements in ways that, are, that feel safe, it's actually allowing them to do what they would have liked to have done during the time of the trauma but felt frozen and could not. And so it helps complete you know, their natural reaction and it's something they even see in nature you know if you paralyze the polar bear and then set him free once he wakes up he'll start to shake and call out and run and it's really just the end of that fight flight physiologic uh, means of resolving what he's been through and it happens to us as human beings as well it's fascinating earlier in the program today you were talking a lot about broken relationships and now it's almost like what you're talking about is how we can repair the relationship with ourselves that's Mm -hmm. been severed Exactly. Yes, it it starts there. And and honestly, that also starts with our relationship with God. It all ties together that once we 
begin to reconnect you know, with ourselves, we almost can't avoid the fact that it takes us into our spirituality because we are spiritual beings. And recognizing all the different areas of ourselves that need to be growing and need to be healthy and dynamic, it will involve our relationship with God. Um, self-care, like you mentioned, being able to do that in a healthy, appropriate way will mean that we are you know, emotionally healthy, we are spiritually healthy, and we're physically able to do it. So wellness really is what I've learned as a physician really requires helping an individual or helping myself to at least recognize all the different areas of myself and then recognize how crucial they all are to my overall wellness and well-being and then to start saying, okay, what do I need to do to make sure I'm spending enough time with God, that I'm spending enough time with family or you know, important relationships, that I'm getting the right foods, that I'm getting the right amount of rest, that I have work that's, that's productive and, and really taps into my skills and gifts. And so it's, it's coaching, it's self-coaching to, um, to respect all those different areas and to be able to really make a discipline out of um, feeding all those areas that we need to be healthy and growing in order to have the wellness that we want and the happiness and the peace that, uh, that we all can have. How do you see um, all of those integrated uh, aspects you've just been talking about as, as an expression of our spirituality, expression of our relationship with God? Yes, it's, well, it's, it's how he made us. You know, um, if we just focus on one area, we're so out of balance, we're usually unhealthy and not happy or at peace. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but um, as I reflect myself or as I hear others describe it, again, that, that internal discomfort that I hear patients all, all often um, concerned, is this, you know, my heart, is this my stomach, is it arthritis? <laughs> what is the cause of this? And as you start to address the physical, you, we start recognizing it's, it's, we're more than that. We are made up of these other components. And if, if there's um, either not a healthy, um, healthy care going on in an area or we're lacking, we're, we're really being, neglecting ourselves in some ways, then we're going to have that discomfort that we can feel physically. You know, I can feel it in my heart when a relationship is off. I can feel it in my body when I'm not eating well or if I haven't gotten a good night's sleep or I'm um, spending time on things that I know aren't really good for me. Do you know what I'm saying? There's a malaise. There's a, a discomfort within me that if I'm honest and take the time to really do that kind of listening to myself, I'll hear it. And, and it, it takes more discernment, time to keep saying, okay, where is this coming from? Where do I need healing? Where do I need growth? Where do I need to make, to make more healthy choices? And so it's a process. It's a daily process. Every day we're making these choices and having to listen both to ourselves. And, and I think that's also, you know, God within us. He wants us to be nothing but healthy and strong and, and flourishing. And he's made us to need all these different areas to be well-balanced and to be receiving care um, daily in some degree for all of them. And so he's, I think he leads us to hunger in these ways or to hurt as a way to recognize we need to pay attention and to then, to, and that, excuse me, then to pay, to, to provide the care that's needed. Right. Sometimes we can get so busy out, out there doing all these things that we don't notice that maybe exactly. we're harming ourselves. Yes, and that is the malady, I think, of our, our culture at this time. We're so busy, we're so active, we're, we're so out of touch with our own internal voice and what our own needs are. It's, almost, it's overwhelming. You know, as I talk to people and start to explore that, they don't even know where to start, and they feel so unable to do it that, that they either become more anxious or more, more painful or more depressed or whatever it is. So it, it can be very overwhelming because we're not used to caring for ourselves in that way or knowing how to take care of ourselves. Um, how to listen and then respond to it. And so that's where, that's where I try to help you know, reassure and, and provide the resource as well as reassure them you don't have to do it all in a day. <laughs> it's going to mm-hmm. be a, you know, a matter of time learning. And, and we, but we deserve to, to spend that time on ourselves. We need to be able to do that each day. And over time we get better at it. We're not, never perfect, but what do they say? Progress, not perfection. <laughs> that's right. We're up. All- Almost at the end of our time, but if you would share with us what's and briefly what's uh, one you, one place that a person could start to increase their self care and, and that inner listening, that connection with God. Yes, the, again, number one step is going to be time each day in silence with God, and just allow it to be 
open-ended time. Don't structure it. I mean, if you want to bring a, a special prayer or something, it, it's amazing how much a person can change and grow and heal just by having silence. You know, be still and know that I am God. In the stillness, we know him, we experience him, and then we begin to experience ourselves and know where he's calling us and what we need to do next. Mm-hmm. So just taking that little time apart, turn off your cell phone, right. turn off your email, ten, yep, your smartphone. Yep, 10 minutes phone. a day, at least start there, you know, maybe up to a half hour, but at least dedicating that time to silence and just like you say, so you're away from the commotion of a day of life to know what else there is because this life doesn't do it for people. They're more stressed. They're having more pain. They're having more illness. They need to take, we need to take time away to know what else there is, and that's, that's going to be in God. Well, Dr. Ehlers, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, you have a wealth of experience and hope. I just, just felt that so much. You're very inspiring and, and hopeful. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you, and thank you so much for your ministry. You're welcome. And all of you that are listening out there, thanks for listening with us today. Know that uh, we'll be back next week and have another exciting guest and a wonderful topic. And know that you're in my thoughts and prayers and have a wonderful, peace-filled week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. What is the key to happiness? Would you like to find the fountain of youth? How about all the money and love that you could handle? Well, my friends, it is there for you. You just need to strip off the false beliefs that keep your divine inheritance from being attracted into your life. You need to be real. Be vulnerable. Be naked. What are you waiting for? Let's get naked. This transformational program with Rev. Heidi Alfrey is an invitation to explore and remove the blocks that keep you from emotional freedom. Listen to Heidi and her revealing guests as they embrace the power of spiritual nakedness as a guaranteed way to live an authentic and transparent life. Expose yourself to your greatness on Mondays at 3 p.m. Central Time. Let's get naked. No dress code required. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You gotta get rid of your butt. It's bigger than it would appear. It hinders your forward movement when you keep bringing up the rear. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. Ever have those days when you think life isn't all that you thought it could be? Well, it's our thinking that creates the canvas of our life's masterpiece. When we are ready and willing to step into a new way of thinking, our world literally begins to shift and grow into something bigger and brighter than we ever imagined. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on the Unity Online Radio Network. Be sure to join us every Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern to hear in-depth conversations with leading teachers, authors, and musicians in the world of spirituality and new thought. Listen in and open up Spirituality Today, where life keeps getting better and better.
I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts. 